It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It's Friday. Job well done. Buckle up for the fastest hour in radio. Sponsored by Allo. I like my cars, delivery drivers, and internet the same. Fast. I'm talking kind of fast. It delivers equal upload and download speeds, buffer-free streaming, and lag-free gaming. Switch to Allo for your speed options, plus free installations always. It's always free. Call Allo today uh, in Lincoln. Residential, call 480-6550. For business, call 480-6500. Or chat with them online at allofiber.com. 402-464-5685. Sorry to hear me text on Honda Lincoln Hotline. Get at it. Live video streams up. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Engage in the conversation. Hit us with a what up. And we'll have a conversation. No yelling from the rafters. Come on in. Get comfortable. We're going to talk. <laughs> we going to talk. Listen, in in my space here in Lincoln, my time in Lincoln, there's certain people that you recognize and identify as family the moment you meet them. Kindred souls, kindred spirits. He is a warrior. He is a brother. He is a good man. And it is always a pleasure to sit and have conversations with Aaron Davis. AD, what's happening, brother? DP, man, it's a pleasure. I was wondering who you was talking about. <laughs> Look, man. Thank you for speaking so glowingly of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. I feel honored. No, no. The see, feelings we, are mutual, big bro. It, it's it's that hair, Rico. That's where the that's the difference maker. See? That's the difference maker. Dang. That's how I know you're a cousin. That's how I know you. <laughs> he kinfolk. That's, that's how I know you're a cousin. You know, you know. This is what this is. I. I am a fan of victory. I'm a fan of lessons. I'm a fan of uh, getting past friction to to to, to greatness because greatness requires friction. Yes. And you have identified, faced, and defeated friction several times. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think the story is told enough um, to give praise to, to give uh, honor to. One, the universe for taking care of you. Mm. But also for that inner thing in you that keeps you moving forward and up. Like, let's tell the story. We'll get to young AD, mm-hmm. but I want to get to recent AD, right? Mm-hmm. Trials, tribulations, frictions. Give the folks a little of what you've gone through and what you had to get through. Oh, man. First of all, it's good to be here this morning on the ticket. Rico, DP, and, and Rico, I can't wait to see that race. I'm going to go to that in a second. But oh, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. We are going to get him. Yes, we are. You know, to you guys, because I was listening. I when I've been traveling like crazy. You know, so even when I was traveling yesterday, uh, I was um, speaking in Cheyenne, coming from Cheyenne to Denver to fly out to make it back here. But listen, you guys on the radio, I always enjoy it, man. You guys are the captain, and I'm obviously old school with DP and Jay. But DP, it's a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a crazy up and down, I would even say um, seven, eight years, if you would, of just loss and ups and downs. You know, um, September 18th of 2014, uh, unexpectedly lost my mother. And uh, that was tough. You know, I mean, you just, uh, you go through that, you process it. And, you know, there's that saying that, you know, um, time heals all wounds. I don't, I'm not a fan of that quote, uh, teach their own, but I don't think it heals all wounds. I think you learn how to walk with a wound. Uh, you kind of have a, a, an emotional limp, if you would. And it does, that. there's a scar that's there, so you always feel it. 
No, it's there. And then um, about a hundred and about 108, 17 days ago now, my father unexpectedly passed away on uh, November 28th. Uh, and so still, be honest with you, that still hasn't even registered yet that my dad is gone because I never thought at, you know, 48 years old, you know, I'd be without both parents, you know. So that's been uh, incredibly tough. And even, you know, you go back even further, you know, COVID hit all of us, mm-hmm. impacted all of us. You know, for my business on the speaking side, well, when there's no conferences, <laughs> there's no speaking engagements. Uh, how about know? that? So that changed everything up. Um you know, so I had to switch to Zoom. You know, everything was everything became virtual, and I still do a number of virtuals right now. Uh, it was good to see um, audiences, though, again, faces in the audience again. In the past, you know, month I've been traveling like crazy. Boise, Idaho had, you know, a couple thousand in there. Um, D.C., there was probably about 5,000 people there. Um, the crowd yesterday in Cheyenne was probably about 500, give or take. So that's good to see that again, but that was a blow. And then May 3rd um, of last year, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. You know, which at 47 years old, I'm thinking, God, are you, come on, man, I'm 47, you know? So I went from where I was, since at the age of 40, I was going in for all my physicals, you know, like I should. And a COVID year, I didn't go, my doctor wasn't even accepting client patients unless it was an emergency at that time, yeah. you know? Uh, but went in to see him last year uh, in April, just doing my annual physical. And um, he says, everything was great, Eddie, you're healthy, but I'm worried about your PSA numbers. I need to, you need to get in to see a urologist. And I'm thinking, like, you know, I said, Doc, you know, a few weeks, few months, he goes, no, immediately. That's when I knew it was like, okay, something's, something's not right. I felt nothing, though. That's the thing about it. I didn't feel anything. And so I go into the urologist, have to have that procedure done as far as, you know, them, them checking me over. That is so not fun. Oh, bro. It, you're talking about painful. It is so oh, man. not fun. It was man. painful. And so you have to wait for the results to come back. And, um, and actually – I was supposed to have the results back on like the 28th, like the last day of the month of April, April 28th, 27th. But we had a, uh, I had a golf trip, in fact, with my co-host, Raf, Chris mm-hmm. Raf. You know, we had a golf trip planned out to his family's um, uh, place in uh, Branson. And so I said, you know what? What's done is done. I'm going on this golf trip regardless. You know, talk to my wife. She's like, look, absolutely. So we went, had a great time, man. Me and Raf didn't even talk about it, you know. But it was always in the back of your head. It's always whispering. So on May 3rd, I go to my doctor uh, for the results. He comes in. He goes, AD, it is cancer. Um, and I was, you know, just in shock. You hear the C word, and it changes your life real quick. It brings clarity real fast. Uh, it really shows you what's important. And uh, so I had to, um, I had chose elected the procedure for, it's called, um, pro, um, um, they removed my prostate, you know, through, with, it was using laser. You know, so I have six incisions. Uh, across my at my stomach right now where they remove my prostate right above my belly button. And um, you're talking about humbling. DP, man, I couldn't walk them on. I couldn't use the restroom on. Had a catheter for 11 days. Rico, you don't ever, you listeners, some of you listeners may understand that, may may get it, may have had it before. It's not a, I, I, I've told the story of, of having to live with a catheter after my, after my spinal fusion surgery and, oh, and, 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 and through the blood clots. And understand with the with the full brace from the from the fi- spinal fusion, but the catheter they 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 botched it. They botched oh, putting it in. Man. And when I woke up, the big pain. I was worried about my my back. Like yeah. I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna be in a full body cast. Yeah. But what I knew right away was that the catheter was still attached mm. to my upper thigh, 
in AD for them for them ten days, bro. It's brutal. You don't want to cough, sneeze, Mm-mm. turn, Mm-mm. nothing. Laugh. You don't even want to. You don't want to sneeze. Nothing. You don't even want to burp. I mean that that it that's, that's the monster. <laughs> like that that's that's literally the toughest thing I've ever, I've ever been through. It was horrible. It was horrible. That experience right there, DP, as you know. When they remove that, your life changes. Hey, bro, wait a minute. Like, because I was asleep when you put it in. Yeah. Right? Like, I was asleep. And and, and you get a certain clarity. Yeah. <laughs> because you put word combinations together that you didn't even know you knew. That's right. Like, I'm pretty sure I spoke Italian. Like, I, like, I, <laughs> Like you know, you know, praise Jesus and pass the biscuits. I was trying, like, I I had to put some. <laughs> the key word you said was clarity. Oh man, like, cause nothing was important. Like no. it was like, no man. Look, I literally had pins and screws on my spine and did not care. No, I did not care. Right. Like right. I thought I was gonna look down and my toenails were all gonna shoot off. <laughs> like just. <laughs> just <laughs> And they're looking you in the eye. They're looking right at you. They're looking you in the eye. All like, pride is gone. They want to see the pain. Oh, yeah, they oh. do, Rico. Pride is gone at that point. You have no pride whatsoever at that point. No, no, no. They know everything. So, yeah. you know, ain't no secrets. Look at me now. Look at me now. I am the captain now. Yeah, you, 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 you were right. Like, that, that, that thing. I mean, the incisions, bro, that's not. <sighs> to me. The fact that you have become so comfortable in it, mm-hmm. because that's such a unique space to get into. Yeah, um, I, you weren't familiar with the procedure before it Mm-mm. happened, Mm-mm. and you didn't have a choice. Didn't like those, like those two things. Mm-mm. When they tell you that your life is going to change or else, right, and that we have to do a thing that you are not familiar with, you're mm-hmm. going to have to trust, you're going to have to have faith, yep. and then you better have a plan. Right, right. You know, what you just said, DP, You that you, you, I didn't have a choice, you know, and then when you, and for to listeners out there, regardless of what your race is, but in black males and people of color in particular, prostate cancer is more aggressive, and it's uh, where the, the likelihood of ours, I think it's like three and a half more times more likely to get prostate. First of all, if you're a male, if you live long enough, you're more, you, there's a good chance you're going to get it. it. You're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with it. You usually just don't deal with it at 46 years old. That's what was the major concern with my doctors. That was a major concern for me was the early onset of it. Mm-hmm. And it was very aggressive. So I'm nine months cancer-free now, which I thank God for. I'm grateful. And there's always that little whisper. What if it comes back? I mean, that's always there. But you know what, though, DP? We all got different whispers. For some, it's cancer. For some, it's something else. Uh, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's finances. We all got to answer the voices in our head. And, you know, we got to stand up to them because all of us are dealing with something. And so when I dealt with this, <clears throat> I said, you know what? My late mother, uh, she had a stroke at a very early age. I think my mom was like, I was in like, I was only like in fifth grade when she had the stroke. So what are you, like 11 years old, yeah. fifth grade, something like that? Yeah. So my mom would have been like in her 30s, you know, late 30s when she had a massive stroke. And I remember seeing her at Madonna Proactive. And uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm fifth, sixth, fifth grade at the time, and I'm just in tears seeing my mom, you know, in that condition. She couldn't move her legs, couldn't move her left hand. And I remember her looking at me, I'm the youngest out of six kids. She goes, baby boy, she goes, I'm going to walk out of here. 
She goes, you have to speak those things into existence. She goes, I'm going to walk out of here. She had the nursing staff amazed when she was doing her PT, uh, just the uh, the uh, just how expedient she was in recovery because she talked to herself, our thoughts. Thoughts become things. So I always say, be careful what you think because what you think becomes reality. So I, although I have my down times, yes, I'm not one of those speakers or persons going to say, you got to be positive every day. No, there's some dark moments, man. Yeah, you bet. The friction, the <laughs> that, friction. The friction, like you said, DP. Friction, I had a lot of those, man. I remember laying up in that hospital bed at 2.30 in the morning. I had sent my wife home. I was like, you got to go home and get some rest. There's nothing you can do for me here. And um, I had never spent the night in the hospital as a patient. You know, when I had my kids, you know, I did with my kids, but never as a patient. Never been sick like that. Mm. And I remember looking down. I'm laying in that bed. I couldn't get out of the bed on my own. But I'm seeing all those, you know, needles and buttons and things attached to me, things beeping and going off. And I remember I sat there, man, and I just wept. I mean, I just bawled. I was I was scared. I was depressed. I was mad. And I was just, I, I literally just cried out. I was like, God, I said, look. I said, I'm scared. And that friction hits you, man. And then I begin to think back to my mom. You know, the things that she said, you have to speak to those things to existence. And folks, I'm going to tell you right now, no one talks to you more than you talk to yourself. Our self-talk, we talk to ourselves more than anyone ever talks to us. Mm -hmm. So, and I always ask myself this, and I ask audiences this, if you, if your friends talk to you the way that you talk to you, would they still be your friends? Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful what we say to ourselves. So I started speaking to myself, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get out of this bed. So you have to, yeah, but that friction hits. It's not always going to be that way. And you know, folks, it's okay not to be okay. There's going to be those dark periods, man. So you, t I mean, going through, and for the folks who have been through those major life-changing moments medically or physically mm -hmm. where you have to make a decision that I do have to have conversations with myself, mm -hmm. uncomfortable conversations yes. with myself, uh, telling you, talking to yourself about the things about you that got you there, mm -hmm. the things that are going to get you out of there. Right. I, you talked about you having learned to walk and having to learn to go to the bathroom again, right? Mm -hmm. That's a humbling. Yes, it is. That's a humbling to have, and 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 I remember Sweet Rosa. Rosa was my was my ICU nurse, mm. and she would just come in. Now, she understood the mission. Mm -hmm. Because she knew I was at I was at rock bottom. Mm. Uh, it's her and the chaplain, right? Twenty seven blood clots. Twenty seven. Twenty seven blood clots and a saddle embolism over my bronchial stem. And but but sweet Rosa would come in and she would talk to me about her family. She would talk to me about her daughters, her husband, her favorite favorite recipes, mm. all while doing all the things that were uncomfortable to me because she knew I had to know her and I had to trust her. Mm -hmm. And we all need those people. Yes, we do. Right? That when we can't do the basic things for ourselves, we'll do them for us. Mm -hmm. Wives jump to the top of the table. Right. Because Becky had to, you know, Becky's boss Becky, but she had to sleep on a chair in ICU mm. and wouldn't leave. And I'm like, well, Okay, that's God showing up, mm -hmm. right? Like, right. right? Absolutely. How was it for you and yours? Did you re-see them in a different light with new eyes? You know, I did in that Brooke being a nurse, 
there's a lot of a lot of you know terminology and procedures she understood uh and really you know helped alleviate a lot of that stress and a lot of that quite honestly fear just yep. kind of like your rosa yep and becky you know just alleviated a lot of that fear brought some peace um so definitely grateful for for what she did and does uh because that definitely helped me out because you know, I was very foreign to a hospital. I don't like hospitals. No one likes hospitals, first mm. of all. It's like somebody, I don't want to go to the dentist. Well, no yeah. one wants to go to the dentist. Nobody wants to. You know, no one wants to go to the hospital. Mm. So that helped. Uh, it, it was very tough for my kids because they had never seen me like that before. Never seen you down. Never seen me down. Never seen me sick to where I was immobile. And I remember one time that um, my middle son, Keenan, Aiden, my oldest son, little AD, um, he, they're, 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 Polar opposites and personalities, but the best of friends. Those boys are tight, mm. and I thank God for that. They're grateful. But Aiden keeps his emotions pr- just cut to, close to the heart, close to the sleeve. Doesn't show his cards a lot at all. Doesn't show a lot of emotion. Um, to see him, in particular, Keenan is the middle one. Keenan shows his, I mean, shows his feelings. He's very compassionate. Wants to make sure everybody's good to go. And and he came home and he just seen me to where I couldn't move, and it was, I mean, he just just hugged me. And he just like pops. This is hard. I, you know, my baby girl Nia. I mean, she would just sit on my lap as much as she could. I was like, baby, we can't. As much as I want you to, this catheter is not going to allow that to happen. <laughs> oh man, your your ears would have popped off. Yes, my ears would have just popped off. They would have popped out. Ears oh. would have shot off. Nose would have shot off. Oh. So I do. But you know what? They. I look at them. My family with a different light, and I look at life in a different light. You know, even driving yesterday, um, the mountains look a little different. Uh, when I was in uh, Vancouver, the mountains look a little different this time. In fact, uh, DP, back in October, I believe it was, I was in D.C., your, your stomping ground. I wish I knew you back. I'd have sent some people to yes, you. Yes, I was in D.C., and normally I would have just sh- told them to take me to the harbor, you know, International Harbor where yeah. the event was being held at, yeah. to my hotel. I said, mm-mm. Mm. I've been to D.C. more times than I can count. I told the Uber driver at Reagan, I said, Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Lincoln Memorial, and I got a picture of it, too. Went to Lincoln Memorial, and I just sat out there and hung out for an hour and just chilled. Beautiful night and just took things in. I look at things differently now. I appreciate things a lot more. Um, I realize how fragile this thing called life really is and how quickly it can change. As we speak, someone's life's changed today, and someone's life will change before the day's over. This This morning, morning. as we speak, second by second, people's lives are changing. Some good, some tragic in between, but... It's constantly changing. So it's really um, galvanized the importance to me that, man, you better appreciate every day. You know, those things you sound real cliche-ish before this happened. Uh, I, I, I would say those, right? those things. Oh, live every day as if you're the last. And, you know, all those things. And when I get on stage, now, when I say attitude over everything now, see, it's easy for me to talk about attitude when things are going great. Now. But what about the friction? I, I so I was in your circle last night. Um, gave the keynote speak to teammates mm. mentoring celebration, and I had prepared a speech, but then I got in a room and heard the stories before, and I, I tore the speech up. Mm. I said because now I've got to be present, and I had to tell the story of the three things that I, the four things that I like to say the most in life, and I know you can appreciate this now because this was the impetus for me mm-hmm. was saying thank you in the morning. For the yes. day, yes. Because, because, as as with you, I was a little bit less than humble about the appreciation for day to day. I used to say that you know I've lived a thousand, I've lived a hundred lives, and if God took me to the day, I'd be fine because I've lived full 
10 full lives. Mm-hmm. Except for that day. Except for that day, the conversation was a little different. Yeah. And you say, well, I know what I've been saying, but if you don't mind, um, I'd like one more day. And they tell you one with blood clots that, that it gets you in your sleep, mm-hmm. right? So then you're afraid to go to sleep because you're not sure you're going to wake up. And then imagine that existence oh where, where you're, you're afraid you're afraid to go to sleep, right? 27 blood clots, man. Like, it's there, and you've got filters put in, stents put in. Um, I didn't know. So every day, again, when the chaplain's sitting on your bed saying, well, this might be it, mm. and the doctor's saying, we don't have answers. Like, we can't treat this because your spine is still open, so we can hemorrhage you out if we give you the, med, the meds that you need to battle these blood clots. You could bleed out anyway. Or you could clot up and go. So either way, it's a problem. And then you say thank you. Like you, your eyes open, you exhale and say thank you. And right. then throughout the course of the day, and then at the end of the day, you say, well done. Hmm. Like, well done. Like This was well done. You got through another one. And then in between, you have to love and appreciate the things that you see. That's right. And the things that you, you come in contact with. And AD, it, it, it was those things. And then it was the other thing that I had to learn from this, which was through all of this, the fear that happens is that I have not loved on the people that I love the mm. most, the most. Right. That's and, powerful. Right. And That's the only, powerful. and the only, the only regret that we have is that the people we love didn't know that we loved them as we did. Mm. So I made a declaration that I was going to use these three words, love out loud. That's why I like that. That if I'm going, mm. if I see something good, I say something good. If I, can be something good, um, that's my job, that's my task, and then to celebrate the goodness of others. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of why I wanted to have this conversation with you, and I want to have more conversations with you about this stuff. Because there's power in identifying for people, it's okay to embrace the friction. Right, right. Because that's how you get through. You're never alone in what you go through, mm-hmm. right? Like if I had known you were going through it, I could I could offer a hand. If you knew what I was going through, right. you could offer a hand. And us having this conversation will allow people, nurses, doctors, uh, significant others, family members, friends, to to look out for people in right. their friction. Right. Don't Absolutely. judge them for it. Right. Right. Because that's right. the fears that we have: is that am I less of a man now than I was before mm-hmm. this thing punched me in the stomach? Right. Kicked me in the head. So for you, when you said your wife is there, remember, we're going through it. We're under. We're we're incapable of processing. Right. So to have your – look, I had to rely on Becky to tell me what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, was, I was out. She's there in the conversations. Mm-hmm. You having your wife there who can tell you and provide comfort mm-hmm. is a powerful thing. And because you have it now, you can share with folks – what this process is and how they should get through it. You know, one of the key things I would say, and I always say this about even just about with attitude, you know, when they say, well, how do you, how do you deal with that attitude when you're going through something? I always say, first of all, you got to accept it. You got to accept it. This is, this is the reality. I have cancer. I accept it. Denial uh, is not going to do anything. Saying, I wish this wasn't going to happen. Well, it happened. You got to accept it. And then the next thing I say, you know, after you accept it, you take action. You take action, you know, and I had to take action. I, I didn't have I didn't have a lot of time to be sitting there whole humming and, you know, oh, woe is me and those things. And those things come natural. They're going to come anyway. But I had to take action. 
And then the third thing I say, you have to accelerate. What do I mean by accelerate? Accelerate means you got to go through the, you know, as far as the healing process of it, uh, the post-surgery, um, uh, after the event takes place, and everyone's acceleration. So I don't want it to be a, a kind of a quick disclaimer here. Accelerate doesn't mean that your acceleration is the same as your neighbor's. It can't be. It can't be. Everyone's acceleration is different. Everyone's journey is different. But the key thing is I always say sit, but don't stay there. You cannot get your mail there. No. <laughs> you cannot get your mail at your bottom. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You can't, and when you learn to walk again, right mm-hmm. through this thing, like that, those right. first steps, and they tell you you can't go home until you can get around. Yep, the floor, right, right, right. Yep. That, that walk, I had to get up and walk, right, and it's painful, that, right, right, with the catheter still yes, there, painful, and your 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 butt, your your cheeks to the wind. Yep, in front of the masses, yes. right, <laughs> and you're and you and you are not pretty. <laughs> You are not pretty. That would be you, true. Right? So the great humbling. But then the thing that Sweet Rosa said was, baby, take one step. That's right. That's right. Like, and that punches me in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Because that was the hardest thing I yeah. ever did in my whole life yeah. was the first step. That's right. And then we began to take one more Mm -hmm. step and that's friction that's growth that's one more absolutely so we'll we'll throw the break we will continue this this is the conversation i want to have with aaron davis uh brother ad uh here on -on one-on-one we'll be right back download our app by searching 93.7 the ticket in your app store you're listening to one-on-one with dp on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com 